my chat, yeah. Selena. Yo, can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Yay, yay, yay. I'm glad you connected. All right. Ladies and gents, welcome to Anthem Podcast. I want to say thanks. You know, before we get started, I want to say thanks to everybody that supported season one and season two. And season, season three is on the way. And, um, you know, when I first made the show, it was really intended for, like, my fellow creative artists, you know, and especially those who are working in the mental health field. And um, it makes me even happier and proud when I find out my fellow Filipino sisters are in the mental health field making a change and pushing for change. Ivy in the mental health field. And this is exactly why I made the platform. And uh, this is the first one that I, this is the first guest that, I, uh, that I'm about to interview from Chi-Town. So ladies and gents, from Chicago, a mindful mindfulness and transformation coach, and I'm really honored to have you on the show, Miss Selena Dawn. How are you? Hello, I'm doing well. How are you? Thanks for making time for the show. I really appreciate it. I'm doing, I'm doing good. I can't complain. No. No, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm <laughs> super excited, and I'm so honored to be on your show. And you know, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because. I think we're going to touch on a lot of really great topics and really great information about just the community and you know i'm ready for it <laughs> nice nice um ladies and gents there's an app called um clubhouse and one day i was just scrolling through the rooms and we got into this real good conversation about decolonization and unlearning the, the things that raised us being Filipinos, like unlearning some of the traditions and and the the deep-rooted things that we carry from the motherland all the way to the U.S. as Filipino Americans, you know. And I got into a good conversation with my uh, with my fellow moderators, and that's how I met Selena. And before we get into your journey as a as a transformation coach, let's t- I always take it back to day one. So I always ask my people. Where were you born and raised? Yes, absolutely. So I was actually born here in Chicago. Um, and I was raised here for the most part, but I did live in the Philippines for about five years from the age of six years old until 11 years old. And then I came back here to the U.S., pretty much the same neighborhood. So it was a very interesting process, to say the least. <laughs> nice. So you were born... So wait, I'm sorry, you got cut. So you were born in Chi-Town? Yeah, I was born here and then lived in the Philippines for five years and then came back to Chicago. I lived in the suburbs of Chicago, but now um, I I live here. I've been here for about uh, three years in the city. It's amazing. Nice. So before we even, so I got to ask, like, it's always an interesting thing for me to like interview my fellow Filipinos from different parts of the U.S. How did your parents even originate in 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 chicago like what prompted your parents to move out here or did they meet out here you know what's really interesting i'm actually it it's so funny because i'm just starting to dig into my lineage just now like this last year has been so pivotal for me understanding that there is a deeper root for everything and that starts off with my lineage and my ancestors and i realized like you know, finding out where we came from and why exactly we're here in Chicago has been an important part. And my auntie, actually, so my my mom's mom has a sister who was here in the U.S. first, and then she brought my grandparents and my mom here. Um, and then my mom and my dad, I believe they met here. So, yeah. and then there I was. <laughs> nice. So what, where in Chicago y- y'all settled at? Um, okay, so I was born in the city, and then they decided to take the family out to the suburbs um, in, like, the Downers Grove Woodridge area. So about an hour, no, not even, like, 45 minutes away from the city. Not bad. Um, I, I gotta ask, like, yeah. what's what's the influence of Michael Jordan and Chicago Bulls in your family? Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> it's so interesting because, like, I feel yeah. like it totally phased out, you know? I just, what? when I, I, it's so crazy because I feel like there's so many moments when I was younger, I'll look back at times I spent with my grandpa and it's always watching the Bulls, always watching the Cubs. And man, Michael Jordan was huge. And then when I worked at Offshore Rooftop and Bar, I actually met um, Pippin, Scotty Pippin. And that was one of my grandpa's favorite, like, um, basketball players. So just bringing that back to my grandpa being like, look who I met. And then being like, 
three foot shorter than Scottie Pippen. Which is, <laughs> it was just, you know, it's great. Um, but yeah, so very big influence. A lot, huge sports fans, especially because of my grandpa, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, what, what made you go back uh, to the Philippines for a while? So, it was actually interesting. You know, we went out there for a vacation, and then vacation turned into living out there for a minute. And it, yeah, and then we just lived out there for like five years. So, your, um, dad just, your dad just wanted to move back for a while? So, it was interesting actually. When we moved back, or when we didn't move back here, we got back from vacation here. Um, Mind you, I'm literally finding out about this within the last year type. Like, I'm this is me digging into my culture, so I'm being very transparent and vulnerable here. But it's just like, you know, he, when we went to the Philippines for vacation, um, we came back here to the States, and then we went back and were there for a couple of years. My mom actually brought us back. Um, so we were there for about four to five years, and that was after my, like, um, my, my parents split. So then we decided to move there. Um, but yeah, so it's very, very interesting because I actually reconnected with my father for the first time in about 10 years, two days ago. So it's like almost like I'm blocking my like throat chakra. You know, I don't think I would have been able to do this interview five days ago because I was so like, I just feel like I couldn't speak. Like I felt almost lost in a way like oh man i'm so glad i got you on this. it's crazy just the timing like that's what i mean like these synchronicities like i'm a very spiritual individual and i think you know it's it's growing up like i grew up catholic like with my grandma going to church like three times four times a week and it's like i look back at that and realize you know that is a part of my belief system and that belief system doesn't necessarily have to be like i you know i believe in god necessarily but i do believe in source and a higher power and that's like the same you know it's just my perspective of it so that's like i don't know i guess it's just interesting to see how everything's starting to connect especially bringing this interview together as well so i'm glad the timing is on point Um, yeah so would it be safe to say like you were raised by a single mom or Oh, for sure, for sure. And like my grandparents were such a big influence on my life. Um, Like my grandpa, I always said, you know, he's going to be the one to walk me down the aisle. Like, Mm. it's interesting to see like myself reconnect with my dad now because now I want both of them to walk me down the aisle. Um, But yeah, like I'm very, very grateful to have my mom's side of the family because, you know, they influenced a lot of my like just a lot of who I am as an individual. Nice. I'm so glad that you reconnected with Pops. And oh um, man, yeah. You you get certain like you get certain things like maybe sometimes we need some closure in our life. Maybe some absolutely kind of closure, or maybe it's not even closure. Maybe a simple conversation can really clear that sh- that throat chakra. You know, like yeah, uh, and relieve some tension that you probably didn't didn't even know you had or have. You know? Exactly. It was just crazy how it happened. It was like, you know, I went to bed Thursday night and I'm like, I was exhausted. It was a long week last week. And then Friday morning, I woke up and just felt so refreshed. And like, like, it sounds very over dramatic, but like, I almost felt like reborn, like felt new, like a new day was here, like new life. And like, it was just beautiful. And then an hour into my morning routine, I like got a wave of like, oh my god I forgive everyone and everything that hurt me and especially my father and like for some reason it was my dad that kept coming into my head so I was like yo I'm in a phase of my life where I'm just doing everything differently from the patterns that I've previously had Um, because now I just feel like a little bit more grounded in my body and just like in my mind that I can approach these situations differently and so I, I, I felt like I wanted to reconnect with him so I called him for the first time and like I said like almost 10 years and wow. everything just kind of like aligned perfectly he thought I butt dialed him for goodness sake uh-huh. like I was like no I literally just wanted to call and say I forgive you and I love you like it was like uh-huh. a okay dude it was a crazy crazy day and then I saw him that day yo so uh, <laughs> was your dad in Chi-Town this whole time they were split up from moms or was yeah he, he was just in another suburb and you just didn't like see him for a while yeah, it was like almost like a resentment towards him, almost like, uh, cause like you dipped, like how could you leave my mom and like, you know, just like, 
I'm sure another thing we'll tap into is like that toxicity within families. Like they don't mean to, but they just want to protect me. You know, it's like fear your father because he hurt us in the past. But it's like I have seen how much my father has grown, and I have seen how much my mom's side of the family have grown. That they can actually, I feel like if you know they may possibly reconnect in the future, and it would be totally good. But it's it's getting past that that like oh my god he hurt he hurt us you know. Um, and I think I've just come to a point where like I had to create space for the new ventures in my life, and part of that space was was coming from my, I mean, for lack of a better term, my daddy issues. Like realistically speaking, it's like that's so, you know, people joke about it all the time, but it's it's real. Like even when you know, like just your mother womb, the issues that stem from. You know the connection with your mom. So like, there's issues that stem from I'm the connection with your father. We're Man, we we have to go everywhere, right? Wait, I need to like preface this by like, right. I am not right. a licensed professional. I am not a therapist. <laughs> like, please consult with your therapist. <laughs> okay, so we're we're taking it there tonight. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm present. That is I'm here. so funny. I'm, I'm back down. I'm not backing down. I'm here. All right. Savage We're gonna have PM. to put trigger warning in like the title here for real. 7 p.m. Cali time, 9 p.m. Side Town time. I am here. All right. On a Wednesday. What's On a up? Wednesday. Wind down Wednesdays. No. And this is what's important about interviewing. Because, okay, so I, I really think 2020 was, I'm not saying it's the birth of transformational coach, live coaches. I'm not saying that. But I definitely feel like as far as social media wise, this is the most I've seen a lot of, it's just, a, a, there's a wave going on in mental health. I think people are stepping up. I think people are, are trying to get in the forefront and and serve and heal people man it's a beautiful thing but my my belief and my theory is that i feel like every inner healing coach y'all know darkness mm. and the reason why mm. you guys the reason why you guys have capacity to handle darkness and take on other people's darkness is because you're familiar you're, you're familiar with this mm. you, you know this too well and that's what makes you do what you do. And I think it's important when I do these podcast interviews. I, and look, I, I always feel like my guests, they have total freedom on what to share and what not to share. I'm so appreciative every time my peoples are vulnerable and, and share and, and become transparent. And I really appreciate you bringing this up early on. Okay, so I'm going to stop talking. So let's take it back to you. Early on, there's there's mom and dad wounds you know and at 25 I guess my question is at what point did you did you think alright some of these unhealed wounds are definitely manifesting in different ways and I need to heal and I, I because I'm sure Selena before you became a coach you had to do some healing or intense healing or maybe you're still going through some healing Yes, absolutely. Uh, so I, <laughs> I guess, like have chills. <laughs> so I guess my question is, when did you know that you need to do some inner work, girl, that you can't skip, that you can't ignore? <laughs> so I just want to like, you know, I think you're correct. Like that's part of why I decided to go this route. Like I've been in the hospitality industry my whole life and I've known that I love people. I love serving people. Like, I realized that I love creating events and just, you know, creating memories within people's minds. And I realized that I have the self-confidence and the courage to take a leap and, you know, start to heal myself in order to, to start healing the generational traumas for my siblings. Because, you know, that's part of the reason why I do everything. I, like, when I started to become more grounded in my body, the beginning of my spiritual journey was, like, three years, I don't know, like five years ago that's mm. when I started to realize that like mindset is so important and like I moved out pretty early on in my life mm. but like my babies like my siblings were my babies like I helped my mom raise them you know what I mean mm. like 
So they, like, I have this thing that I say, it's like, I heal myself in order to impact the children that are around mm. me, which are my siblings, which will then impact the generations that'll come. And then ultimately it's impacting humanity because you're creating those ripple effects amongst each other. And like, even just simple conversations like this, like every single day, I just kind of try and wake up. It's like, help one person every day. Even if that's like talking to my sister and just putting a smile on her face, it's like not putting big expectations, but you know, knowing yourself enough to set expectations for yourself, depending on where you're at in that day. It's like, if you are feeling super overwhelmed by life, I like, I need to learn that, okay, I need a couple of hours to either sleep in or like take the day. And like, you know, it's finding that balance between, all right, is this self care or is this self sabotage to sabotage so it's like finding that fine line you know um but i think ultimately it was really when i moved out here to chicago and like i was in pretty like i was in long-term relationships so when i started to realize that i'm my own individual person without my family without a relationship like i think that's when i really started to see that i can manifest anything and everything i'm so glad you started early at 20 you know to like mm, start mm-hmm. yeah because uh, like yo and ladies and jazz by the way she called me Clea and that's me, <laughs> and that and that's when you know you're getting old and like stop and, but, 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 but but at 36 I gotta wear that I gotta I, I gotta I gotta wear that I gotta accept that and I gotta wear that because I think at 36 and 25 it's quite a gap but it's really refreshing hearing someone 11 years younger than me that's uh, like you're in tune early and the reason why i say that is because selena a lot of us in late 30s mid 30s shit we don't even know we need to heal we, it's we don't, hard we don't, a, lot, a lot of us haven't even looked into it so yeah. i give you props for starting early early Thank early you. early because the goal is to not repeat it and pass it mm. to the kids right mm, right yes that's the and goal. that's really it that's, that's it you know that's the goal and like I don't know. It's so beautiful because I'm I'm grateful. Like a lot of the younger kids in my life, they have that very open-minded character and they have that, you know, like welcoming personalities like no matter who you are, what color you are, what you wear, what you, how you speak, what language you speak. It's like they're very open-minded and I don't know if it's just the kids that I'm around or if this is like actually the generations coming up but they're very inclusive and it's beautiful because like it's something that I've been practicing with my sister because I personally need to practice saying it out loud. It's like, you know, having boundaries with my family. It's like, if I, you know, we're probably gonna get into this too, but like just when you get triggered by like a phrase that, or I get triggered sometimes by like phrases that my family will say that I don't necessarily agree with. So it's practicing like, I don't feel, comfortable having this conversation or saying like if I feel like challenging them in a respectful way it's finding a way to approach that you know instead of having them become defensive right away because that's a it's a fight or flight kind of thing we become defensive when we um when we get confronted with a with a perspective that we don't necessarily agree with Mm. I hope that makes sense Mm. and let me ask you this I know we were talking a while ago off off record and you know you definitely spent some time in chi town you, you went back home to the philippines and spent some time there and i believe like six to eleven it's it's formative years man you know it's <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's 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 formative years because i don't know it's just the formative years especially growing mm. up in the philippines and like if you're six to eleven there you remember you will remember a lot Mm. and you're gonna a a lot of that is gonna stick to you (laughs) forever you know um when you came back home i know like what was your feeling like like moving out of chi-town for a while going back to the philippines and coming back home how was that like for you yeah so i mean I'm not gonna lie, like when you were speaking just now, I like realized, you know, it's it's a very interesting perspective to hear you say that because a lot of my memories from the Philippines, like I had to recover them because that's where I experienced a lot of my trauma, my childhood abuse is it was experienced from the Philippines. So like a lot of 
my memories from the age of like six on literally have been coming back to me within the last year because I've been doing the healing work for the last five years. And I finally had some time to slow down and not work 80 hours a week and just take a break and breathe and settle into all of the healing that I've done. Yeah. And like, dude, the memories that I'm, re- oh my God. Like I used to walk through bookings to get to school. <laughs> like, excuse me, I was seven. <laughs> It's so crazy. And like when you were saying, you know, six to 11 years old, that's extremely, extremely formative oh, in a man. child's mind. So like part of that's my, child, like my coaching, yeah. yeah, it's literally the wiring in your brain. So NLP <laughs> training is neuro linguistic programming. Mm. So that basically is the idea where like your words like wire your brain and like they literally create pathways and neural pathways in your mind and how you like see yourself how you see the so the conditioning that we're surrounded by as a child so like when we were talking about scarcity mindset when we were talking about the seeing you know seeing mom suffer if you were in an abusive household mm. or if you were seeing you know just like all of the things that you are surrounded by 95 percent of those neural pathways are created in your mind un- before the age of eight years old Mm. so like before the age of eight years old 95 percent of your brain is already wired and then you have like it's not impossible to rewire it but it requires the work and it requires the healing it requires the self-awareness to even recognize that like like you said you know it's you need to recognize that there's something that's that that goes deeper into why you're reacting or responding in a certain way because I feel like a lot of us become very defensive and that was me personally I became very defensive um and until I started to become mindful and self-aware of this like I couldn't I couldn't heal it from the root so it would just keep coming back as a pattern and a cycle or trying to figure out new ways to numb it Mm, yes yes oh man in the hospitality industry oh my god Like, yo, that's, I think that's why last year was so important for so many of us. Like, mm. I've just seen so many of my people in the hospitality industry just level up because we were pulled away from that addiction to work, addiction to booze, addiction to drugs, like whatever else got you by working those 80 hours a week to receive a paycheck that barely, mm. barely got you by or you'd blow it on partying all over again, you know? So it's like, it's that toxic cycle but I can't even discredit the hospitality industry because it got me to where I am. Like it got me the out of my household. Like it got me out of my household, I guess. So, all right, let's take it back a little bit. So let's take it back to high school. So when you're graduating high school, what was the plan in your head? What was the plan to go to college? What was the plan after high school? So when I was in high school, I actually transferred Um, mid high school and that kind of like screwed with a lot of my plans because I didn't know what I wanted to do I guess I didn't really know what I wanted to do in general I was gonna do the nursing path and like Mm. the doctor path not even doctor they wanted me to be a nurse (laughs) Um, so I was like taking CNA classes and stuff I thought I wanted to be a teacher Um, but then when I I actually so very interesting fun fact I got a full-ride scholarship to a private college because of bowling. I am a professional bowler. Right. Um, so very random, Good but show. then, I know, I know, isn't that crazy? Like, who knew you can get scholarships for bowling? Um, You're Filipino but, for the bone. Uh, yo, yo, for real. Bone, son. But I dropped out because I was practicing every I was burnt out basically I was practicing every single day for three hours I was in school for seven hours had homework for four hours was in a full-time job for five hours so I was in and like I was commuting to school so like my whole day was literally just like wake up at five o'clock get ready for school go to school go to practice go to work get home at 1 a.m do it all again until Friday so it's like, you know, you're going to hit a point of burnout. And I like lasted three quarters of the year. And I was like, you know, maybe this ain't for me. And that was the start of my hospitality career. And when you say hospitality, what, what were you doing? Um, so I was working at Brunswick Zone. So I was 15 years old, had a work permit. And I was working at Brunswick as a host and as a party 
what did they call them like party host mm-hmm. um so i would basically just like throw parties for like little kids and like um, plan their events and stuff and i was there for a couple of years you know the work ethic of filipinos are just it's real yeah, the work yeah. ethic is there the hustle is there like that mentality is all there oh yeah and i got that from my grandpa and my grandma and my mom so it's like so appreciative mm-hmm. Um, but I think after high school, I was just kind of like, all right, I really, really, really like the hospitality industry. I'm gonna stay in this. And I just kind of grew into it. And I leveled up in like every single one of my jobs. And, you know, I this last year, I started to realize that that was a very ugly pattern and cycle for me. Like, um, I was also diagnosed with ADHD this last year. So like, part of that was like okay this shows up in my work like I would get bored of jobs every time I'd level up and would reach like a management position and then I would like try and find another job so like I never lasted more than three years to like five years to, at a place because I kept wanting to move up but there was nowhere else to move up so I'd get another job so I'd start that cycle all over again mm. um so like I think that's when right and it's also dude it's so crazy because like that's when like this last year was made me what made me realize that part of that is because I like I have such a how do I say this like I don't even want to say charismatic but like I just have like um I have my own schedule and I have my own idealization of like how I want my life to go and maybe it's just that Leo in me but like yo, yo. yo I'm gonna get what I want yeah I'm a yo. Are you kidding? oh my god so yes yeah, so you feel so me so time out time out August what Oh, August 18th. Fucking August 6th. Oh my god. Stop. No, yes. no wonder why. So you get it, man. No wonder so why. It's like we get what we want and we get what's best for everyone around us because when we. we when we set up a table, yo, everyone eats, everyone gets their own table. Like, man, it's crazy reconnecting with the Filipino community because it's like wow, I feel at home. For the first time in my life, I feel at home and I felt like I feel I just kind of completely like made that part of my life disappear for 25 years I'm so happy you're a Leo oh my god me too and by the way I I just think it totally makes sense why you're a workaholic you're a Leo Mm, totally makes sense why you know how to pay dues Mm. because you're a Leo you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're not scared to start, that's so funny you're not, you're not scared to start over you know why because you're a motherfucking mm-hmm. Leo y'all that wow you're not you're not you're not scared to lose it all and start over because you know in your heart you can get it back <laughs> oh for sure yo it's just that like I don't know as soon as I started really leaning into it because like I so I'm not super into astrology but I'm a little bit and like I don't know. I feel like there's definitely parts of myself, especially with like the mental health aspect. It's like there's different times where I can lean into the, excuse me, holy shit, I'm a Leo or like the, oh my God, I'm a Leo, but I'm a little scared right now. Like I'm a little Leo cat. Like let me hide away in my blanket real quick. So it's like learning when to lean into each because, you know, we need our rest. I think that's so important. Like we're still in a pandemic. I'm doing so many things, but like I need to remind myself. I'm, we're in a pandemic. <laughs> like, Selena, breathe. Um, so how long have you been practicing your certifications as a, as a mindfulness coach and transformation coach? So that has been about, so my original plan to be a mindfulness coach was three years mm-hmm. ago, um, 2019, I hired a coach myself and I was like, I don't know what the hell I want to do. I don't know who I want to be. I'm in the hospitality industry and I'm thriving, but I'm bored. Like, I feel so confused and lost. And like, I feel like there's some growth that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So I hired a coach for myself and he was a wonderful, like person to work with, um, and you know he made me do this exercise he was like yo okay so call like five people that you love and they love you and just ask them you know what comes into a room when i walk into a room and like what what do you feel in the room whenever i walk in like what 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 do you feel like what's the aura that i bring to the room and that was like that literally brought my attention to the fact that i do have like that brought my self-confidence back i felt like i was getting lost in the hospitality industry because i was you know i was good at it and like i felt like i was losing myself 
and I feel like hearing what other people had to say about me in the most beautiful like just like why are you the hell are you asking me this question but like this is what I feel when you walk in a room like it just felt so pure and he was like that's your essence you want to work from your essence instead of your survival mode and like I recently started partnering or I partnered up with um Atia Alexis Alexis Lee I don't yeah, know if yes, you know yes, her sure. um so yeah I partnered up with her for the alignment company and so we're you know it's it, the vision that we have for this company is amazing it's the first you know it's the it's a premier world-class minority coaching company because majority of the the um, the staff members are Filipino and it's just like literally the first it, one of the first ones of its kind and it's beautiful because we are targeting Filipinos who want to start shifting the mindset that you know they feel is not necessarily what they align with anymore the patterns that they don't align with anymore the the cycles that they don't align with anymore and it's learning how to expand on who they are as an individual but also bring in the culture and like bring in the beautiful parts of the culture the decolonize the, like understanding that there is a part of us that we need to decolonize because we've been conditioned our whole lives <laughs> like literally our whole I mean, lineage, like our grandparents. I want to give shouts to Alexis. I also hit her up for the interview. Um, and we, we haven't got a chance to like lock it down yet, but it was an interesting conversation. Uh, and the clubhouse, the clubhouse conversation that day was, you know, decolonization. And I mm. I remember I, I said my piece and Selena and Alexis was like, oh my God, Marlon, I totally like they were just like I like 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 <laughs> if I can tap and tap like 20 times I'm gonna tap like so I brought up the fact and, and look it, it has to be said because it's the truth you know like I'm in my mid-30s Selena is in her mid-20s our parents which is their, their generation I'm talking about in the 70s they were in their 20s you feel me like that mm -hmm. vibe mm -hmm. like that generation of filipinos they definitely experienced poverty they definitely they mm. definitely experienced hardship you know and if they experienced that best believe their parents experienced that even more all right if our parents whooped their ass best believe they got it even harder from our grandparents mm -hmm. and I think mm -hmm. it's just rooted since the beginning of time in the Philippines, and it starts with colonization, you know? Absolutely. Um, and we were talking about poverty, how it affects us, how, how our parents wanted so much more for us because they didn't have enough, that what they pushed mm -hmm. on us was to get rich, get rich, get rich, get rich, get money, get money, get money. And it wasn't mm. really preached to be happy. It was, yes. it was more like, you better get your ass up, go to work, and get that money. No one ever said nothing about fulfillment. No one said nothing about being happy. It was work and get money. And what's your thoughts on decolon... Like, us Filipino-Americans, what step do we take from here to, to change it for our kids? We're not our parents, yo. <laughs> we are not. We are definitely not our parents. But in the same sense, like, we are our parents' mm -hmm. dreams. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm starting to realize that is that I am literally my Amen. mom's greatest Amen. dream. Amen. And that's the most, like, humbling thing in the world because out of everything that you can dream for, like, I'm starting to feel my mom, like, really connect with the fact that, like, I'm doing things even though I'm not in a nine to five mm. here are all your benefits 401 all that job. shit my grandparents haven't necessarily understood it yet but like my mom is starting to really yeah. see and like understand the work that i'm doing and you know it's being able you know i feel like that's the way that we're gonna do it is being able to empathize mm. with our mm. people and like our grandparents and like understand that they went through their oh, trauma yeah. and like they went through their hell with their I parents never healed too. and forgive no they never had the time to heal that poverty who has time yes what do you mean heal what heal what they, they exactly don't like, exactly crazy, right? and it's that's like crazy. it's unbelievable and i think that's why i've like really taking it taking it on myself to like 
kind of do the work. Like I honestly, truly, 100% believe that I went through my abuse, went through all the shit that I've gone through in order to experience 2020 in a way that'll heal myself and also heal the individuals around me. And same goes for all of the individuals who experienced their own traumas. If they leaned into that and found their voice within who they were in each experience, but like, so like the way that I see it is like, I am all of the most incredible and beautiful parts of each phase of my life. And I'm learning how to integrate that into the individual that I'm being today. And so like being able to bring in like, the way that my mom was to me when I was younger. Like I see so much of myself and my mom and like now reconnecting with my dad, I see so much of myself and my dad. And I'm just like, I'm not, you know, I didn't fall that far from the tree, but like my, my values did. And like my, my, um, I guess I learned how to use their strength and their courage in a way that'll heal deeper than the way that they had to heal themselves. Because I feel like they used that strength and courage in order to live and find ways to survive because they had me at such a young age. And like, you know, they brought everyone here to the U.S. not having anything. So it's like they did the best that they could. And now I'm doing the best that I can to share my personal experience, but also give voice to like the experience of my sister, the experience of my mother, the experience of my brother, like men's mental health. Oh my God, that's another topic that we need to talk about because yo, like the Filipino community and mental health in general is just like, this is the first time in my life where like I can actually see us communicating with my grandparents like yeah i am actually depressed i do have ptsd i do have anxiety and you know all the different things and it's like i would have never been able to say that 10 years ago to them my mom would have never been able to say that to them but i have the courage and i have the strength to be like this is what i'm going through and i'm like i'm going to be straightforward with you because you asked and it's like I remember saying to my grandpa, like, or my grandma, excuse me, that, you know, I was depressed. And she was like, oh my God, you have depression. Where's your medicine? Are you on medicine? Like, you can't be depressed. Why are you depressed? And it's like, sometimes, you know, you just don't know why you're depressed. You're just sad and you can't function. And like, I do know, you know, it's rooted in my trauma. And it's like, (laughs) you're depressed too. You just don't know what that means. You're depressed too, Lola. (laughs) So obviously I didn't say that too, but like, man, if I, like, I've definitely had some conversations with my mom though, because like, you know, I can see my mom wanting to live her life and do her, but like, you know, the responsibility of taking care of three adults, my grandparents and my uncle, like that's a lot. And working a full-time job, taking care of the two kids, being in a relationship, like, that is a lot to handle so i just learned to empathize and sympathize with her and help as much as i can and you know that's we i feel like that's another cycle that we could get stuck in but that's like when you tap into the beauty of the family connection like i think that's what i'm realizing now is that i'm not so distant from my family than i thought i was and this year like i really really just reconnected because I spent time with my family. I spent time talking to other Filipinos for the first time in like my life, really. Like, I don't really, yeah, I don't know. It's just really interesting. So I, I, okay, so what's up with that? Like, why do you, why do you think, so, why do you think you shied away from, from the Filipino community? Okay, so like, like I said, very vulnerable, yeah, very yeah. transparent with every single person. Yeah, yeah, so like, exactly. Some things that I've been like, um, I've, I have the privilege of having in, like, health insurance. Unfortunately, that is a privilege here in the US, but I have the privilege to have health insurance and see a therapist. So some of the things that we've been unpacking, the, unpacking this last year has been, why am I so distant from mm. my culture? And I realized, and through journaling, through doing the self work and like this, the inner work that I just needed to do, I started to realize that it's because I was bullied for being Filipino. I was, you know, it, the abuse that I experienced in the Philippines, I experienced physical and sexual abuse for five years in the Philippines. So 
I tied that abuse because I never healed from that abuse to the Filipino community. And like the fact that I got bullied for having darker skin, smelling funny because we cooked it that at home and like cooked, you know, whatever Filipinos eat. And I love Filipino food. That's that's literally a delicate everything's a delicacy in terms of Filipino food and like Everyone loves Filipino food, but the smell, it's different because it's a different culture. Like so many women of color, not even, not even women of color, but BIPOC individuals get bullied for like their culture. And it's, you know, I don't know if it's because I grew up in the suburbs. I don't know what it was, but like bullying happened and it definitely wanted me to almost like I remember thinking in middle school, like I, I always wanted to be white. I always dyed my hair. I always like would hide away from the sun because I didn't want to be dark because, you know, my family would call me, oh, my pinka now, or like, oh, puti puti mo. And it's like, there's never like, when are you going to be pleased? Right. <laughs> so it's like, I always saw the toxicities. And until this last year where I'm not even going to like Clubhouse and like re reconnecting with my childhood with my therapist like that's really what influenced me to really notice and understand that there are other Filipinos and Filipinas and Philippine exes like me that have experienced trauma and are trying to just shed light on it and it's like finding those individuals instead of finding the clicky individuals that I you know that I was exposed to when I was younger um and I think really making peace with the fact that being Filipino is who I am and that is my culture. And, you know, it's really falling in love with the culture all over again, because as the memories rolled in from my childhood, I really started to see like I, I wasn't necessarily getting triggered by my memories. I was seeing the beautiful aspects like, you know, I forgot what they're even called. But like, I remember just in the barangay, we would literally put on these costumes and dance around and do cling and like put on shows. And that was so fun. But like, I completely put all of my memories into Pandora's box because I was so scared to face them because I knew that trauma lived in them. But trauma, trauma is what created who I am today. It's why I have a voice. It's why I'm so passionate about what I do. So it's like, that's a piece of me, but it's not me. That's why I always say we're warriors because we learn to ha- we learn how to use those wounds and we learn how to use the scars because we learn how to heal Oof. them. And like now we're bringing that into like the integration part. Like that's what I feel like I'm in right now. I'm integrating everything, all of the lessons. It's like one giant puzzle that I've been working on my whole life. And then finally I'm at the end where it's like the last five minutes, you know, where you're literally just connecting all of the pieces and like they're big pieces. Mm. And it's like, you've been working on it for like weeks, but like you're finally putting it together and it's all just coming together so flawlessly and like, the world and like just leaning into my spirituality during this time and reconnecting with the culture and like honoring my ancestors honoring the trauma that they experienced is what really tied it all together because i think i shied away from it for so long that i was missing a piece of myself damn son i'm so i'm so honored that and really appreciative of your honesty and thanks for sharing that's a lot Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> like I said, man, trigger warning for sure. <laughs> and you know, unfortunately, there's no, there's, there's no manual or steps to really mm. heal. Uh, exactly. Unfortunately, you just really have to ride it out and let time take its course because some days mm. you think you're healed and some days you're not. You know, you think you're not. Yeah. I think that's part of the healing process too. Like, Absolutely. Some, some days you thought you were over it, but then you're not. But when it comes to relationships, I do think it's important for us to know our triggers and where it's rooted from. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, we're, we're always going to end up taking it out on our partner or friend. Or, 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 or friends or mm-hmm. or family and um uh, we have to be at least aware man where, where, where's your triggers from um yeah let me ask you this uh to become a coach how do you handle being triggered 
when you feel trans you, you feel some transference with your clients like let's say they're triggering you but yeah yeah absolutely so like honestly just even when I'm triggered in general it's reconnecting with mm. my breath so like especially when I'm on a call like with anxiety mm. like even just before this interview you know like I had to true like I was doing stretches at the beginning of the call like that's how much I had to get into it's my right. body because yeah and it's like you know that's how I am with my calls too though it's like you know I have to reconnect with my mm. body and reconnect with who I am as an individual without the anxiety of worrying about okay what is that you know what are these people gonna think of me am I gonna say something wrong and it's like learning how to quiet down those thoughts so like when I'm triggered in the moment like the hospitality industry and the service industry helped me a lot with this because I learned how to deal with stressful situations because I was always a manager I was always dealing with drunk people so like reconnecting with my breath and learning how to just really breathe in the moment and then respond has helped immensely because if you respond right away on like an emotion that's when we tend to say something we don't necessarily mean so if we even just take like 10 to 15 seconds ideally like 30 seconds if you have the time take the time to really reconnect with your breath and then respond to a stressful situation and people tend to think you know like quietness is awkward but it's not it's it's finding comfort in that silence because if you can find comfort in silence then you can really like i don't know you can bring out a lot in another human being it's that finding a, a connection within them oh Are you still there? <laughs> my bad. Selena, you good? My bad, my yeah. bad. So we're, let's take it from where, where we left off. So what are your tips for, um, for coaches as far as like... Mm, what are your tips I for them to this. make... Right. What's your tips for them to make sure that they handle your triggers if they're triggered and how do they show up how do they show up fully present for the next day of work you know absolutely so being a mindfulness coach and like i really like to tap into product uh, productivity so like i read a lot of like brendan burchard's books and he has this one book called high performance habits where he literally did research on all of like the high performers within their field and they did studies on it and really found the like the ideal morning routine for someone so like i think the key is really getting grounded in your morning routine and having a morning routine not even just a morning routine but like routines and rituals are so key in my life for staying present and staying grounded even when shit kind of hits the fan to say to say the least so being able to understand like okay i'm self-aware and i'm mindful of the way that i'm feeling this morning So if I'm feeling like a four or a three out of 10, I'm gonna start to like, you know, just lay in bed and really like figure out like, so I'm gonna reconnect with my breath and like really figure out like why I'm feeling that way. But first I want to realize and recognize that like, okay, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just, I'm just living. Like what's going on that's making me feel this way. And then it's having a backup plan for those days where it's like, like especially being someone who lives with mental illnesses, it's like, I need to have a backup plan for the day where I do feel like a three out of 10. So like when I have a feel like a three out of 10, I'll just lay in bed, visualize my ideal lifestyle. So like visualization exercise and journaling exercises are so important in my life because it allows me to reflect on experiences, on what my triggers are, on why I feel this way about something that came up. Um, so a huge part is just reflecting and morning routines. Like, I feel like people underestimate the start of your day. And like, I'm not even gonna lie, it's simple as, I didn't realize how many people actually watch the news in the morning. Get that out of the, like put your phone away for an hour mm. in the morning. Like don't look at your phone for the first mm. hour in the morning. Like it helps, it helps so much. It helps. Like it helps so much because you're not like switching from screen to screen, from app to app, seeing the negative, seeing the positive. It's like, yeah, you're just like 
because like it's literally making your brain multitask right when you wake up or seeing seeing a post that you didn't see yeah someone said something that pissed you off or you didn't like it or exactly and it's like why start your day like that start your day getting grounded and giving thanks to the body that has gotten you this far in your life the fact that you woke up yeah yo and like that's another thing it's so underestimated gratitude are you kidding me like i didn't realize how many people are not grateful throughout their days but like i am not even playing with you when like each hour like i have something that i literally say i'm just so grateful for this i have so much gratitude right now because i it's a constant state of gratitude that i'm living in because i've seen hell i've been through the shit and it's like i have nothing to complain about right now because I am living my personal dreams I'm Mm. living my mom's dreams and I'm Mm. leaving I'm living the dreams of my sister and it's like yo humble yourself it's it's legal it's legal money Mm. yes we're not not doing you know it's legal money it's an honest living and to be honest you know that's the Filipinos uh, quest for for Mm. the American for the American dream a lot of her families left the country because it was poverty. They were yep. trying to escape that. A lot of the uncles, a lot of the monos had to join the army, the navy, had to serve the country to get to get here. You know, a lot of her fa- our fellow nurses and teachers had to get a working visa to come out here. Yes. Filipinos had to work to earn that citizenship and, and, and to earn to be an American, you know? Because at the end of the day, we are in, in the United States of America. We are Filipino-American. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're both. We're both. Exactly. You know? And I think, you know, I think it's also important to talk about all of the shit that's just been going on with the assaults and like the abuse in the Asian American community right now. So it's like, it's it, it literally makes me sick because it could it be my sick. mom, it could be my Lola, it could be my Lolo that these people are. And it's just like, this is the time for us to come together with like everyone, you know, like this is this, I feel like this is part of the white supremacist like oh, view, yeah. you know, it's like, it's so deep. It's like, they're literally having us go against you know, anti-blackness, like that, for instance, it's like we are literally battling the people that we are <laughs> like, that's who they see us leveled with, you know, like there's no oh, equality. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, one of my biggest fears was it doesn't take much for this hate to be directed towards us Filipinos, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, so every time our Hispanics was ostracized, me co- growing up in Southern Cali, I felt like, yo, man, you're ostracizing and trying to outcast Mexicans and Hispanics. Yo, Filipinos, we're right there. Like we're the same, we're the same minority level, man. We are mm. all all brown skin folks, man. We're in this together, man. You know, like exactly, it's a melting pot in the United States of America, and I can only speak for Southern California. Yo, man, I'ma say it. Hispanics run this shit, mm. right? There's a, there's a lot, there's a lot, and and it, they're part of the country. And when they're ostracized, Filipinos shouldn't feel like we're safe from that. Nah, man, mm. we're not. We're not exempt from any of this racism. We're next. Yep. Look, we we are next. We, we're targeted. It's next. literally yeah. We, we did get targeted. So yeah, man, it's a crazy time in the country. And Let I me think. Ask you, mm, oh go yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say like you know I think that's it I don't know I feel like this was a part of the healing journey that's coming up for a lot of people too it's like the understanding that we have to come together as like like people of color everyone everyone just needs to come together rather than really fighting against one another because I feel like everything that's on the news which is what my grandparents look at is the abuse that has come from black people but that's not the case the people that like the guy that shot up at Lana was white and it's like why are you like you know it's just part of the toxic culture within the colonization and like with within those issues as well but it's like being able to learn how to communicate that in an appropriate way to kind of like break away that idea that we are not equal to like other people of color because that's how we've always been looked at yet we have this white idealization where you know we're leveled with the whites and it's like what 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 made me believe that what made us believe that and what made us 
fall under their spell, basically. Damn, dude. And my deepest condolences to everybody we lost. Um, <clears throat> everybody yeah. we lost. And I, I'm sending a prayer out there to, uh, to my condolences to the family, um, <clears throat> all across the nation, and everyone that we lost through police brutality and racism this, this past couple years in, in the United States. Um, <clears throat> next question. Uh, how, uh, as a... I can tell you're an empath, you know. Mm. And as an empath, how, what, what have you learned from 2020? Mm. Mm. Boundaries, mm. boundaries. I feel like I was always giving. I was mm. always like, I was always allowing others, other people's feelings and emotions to really affect me. And like, I never put up protection for myself and for mm. the emotions that I personally felt. And I never gave, gave voice to them. That's a part of reconnecting with my father, too, I think. It's like I'm learning that I can give voice to what I'm feeling because I'm worthy of that. And, you know, I think that's just such an important, important part of 2020 for me. And just understanding that we are all growing. We're all individuals that are just learning throughout our day-to-day lives. But we're just mm. kind of playing this game, you know? We're like... What can I do better today that will move me towards my goal? Even if that's a small little thing like getting up out of bed and doing my stretches because I don't want to feel sore the next day. And it's like, I don't know, just really accepting the, accepting where I'm at right now mm. and leaning into it. Mm. Um, what are your tips for all those? Because at the end of the day, it is a business. What, mm. what's, what's your tips for all those who want to get into um, the coaching industry um any tips for the younger folks trying to do this or even not even the older folks you know yeah absolutely you know i think a lot of it is like you said earlier it's really sitting down and doing the work yourself like you are your first client until Mm. you can really get to know who you are get to know what your values are get to know why like what your purpose is and who you want your target audience to be and you won't know who that is until you get to know yourself that's when we can start to like really lean into like okay this is something that i'm like a this is something that i'm i've put in the work i've put in the practice like you know it's like takes ten thousand hours to become a um what did they say like a professional in something or like become a master in something and i feel like that's so accurate about personal development you know coaching i think it's like so the way that i differentiate coaching and therapy therapy is looking at your past experiences and learning how to heal the past experiences and opening up those past experiences coaching is taking those past experiences taking the lessons and then looking at the future and figuring out a plan on how to get there and like taking actionable steps to get to that future goal and then consulting is like you know you can if you're a master in something like brand strategy that's something that i do on the side too and like hospitality consulting it's like that's when you literally go into the establishment you go into that new business and you do the work so you do the brand strategy where you determine like what their values are culture you help them create like you know a logo and all that stuff and i feel like just understanding the difference between what you want to do and who you want to serve why you want to do it and just getting down to the root of it is what's going to help you most in becoming a coach because until you know who you are you don't really know why you want to do it and you don't really know how to start i love it i love it um what's your tips for as far as uh, marketing and, and marketing yourself marketing your business uh how should how should this type of business be promoted on social media or word of mouth huh? what's your tips and what's your techniques So for with my personal coaching business and like the consulting that I do, it's all been word of mouth currently. And now I'm tapping because like I love social media. Um, I've used it in the hospitality industry because I was like a brand ambassador for many of my jobs. And like I would basically do their marketing for them. Like Social media is just like my favorite thing in the world. 
So I personally feel like it's very underrated. And I feel like a lot of people who want to be coaches should really, really tap into learning about Instagram, about Facebook groups, and really understand that social media is a tool, but it can be a distraction. So finding your personal boundaries about like, okay, time block, really get that, like, be on the, be on the app to like create content and produce content rather than be on there to look at other people's content and compare yourself because it's easy to get stuck in the comparison mode um so really tapping into social media is 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 a really great start too um and i think you know marketing is is very important especially depending on the route you want to go if you want to do one-on-one if you want to do group coaching if you want to do uh like courses like there's so many different avenues that you can go and the another realization from last year is that you never want to have one source of income i learned that the hard way and now i'm like i'm never doing that again so now i have like multiple sources of income i think i have like four or five so it's like learning your balance and learning your capacity to take on these things Um, And understanding that like, you know, coaching can be full time and it can be like what makes you a millionaire, but it's going to require the work. I feel like everyone has seen social media and just kind of like seen all these coaches flourishing, but like they don't see the work behind it. So get your work ethic together because I know y'all Filipinos have it in you and just learn how to balance that time and really give your time yourself time to like one learn the business two heal heal yourself (laughs) go through the wounds go through the hard work heal the traumas like talk to your dad talk to your mom if you haven't talked to them if you have like heal through the wounds where you've lost someone go through the grief like experience the pain and really cry about it ugly cry about it and like i think you know it's anyone can be a coach because even if you just do word of mouth like it can be a source of income because you can have an impact on anyone else's life because that's the beauty of coaching is that you are required to be your full individual self. You are required to be Selena or like I am required to be Selena. You're required to be Marlon because that's why they're signing up with you. That's why your clients want to work with you. It's because you are so grounded in who you are as a soul that you're coming off and giving that energy and attracting your clients. So like I've had to really learn that I'm sometimes I was trying too hard and I couldn't do that because I wasn't attracting the right people. So I just had to really step into who I was in an individual. And that came from grounding myself by doing the work and doing the journaling, doing the meditations, going to therapy. Like it's really getting back down to the roots. Otherwise, you won't know how to market yourself on social media. You won't know who you are. Uh, and, you know, like, um. Before I end off the segment of the show, I, I do gotta ask about hip hop, you know? Like, mm. I know, sh- and by the way, every single cat and Filipino cat I've met from, from the Shy, it's like always been creative. Shout out to Jarrell Rosales, uh, a Filipino native from the Shy Town, and uh, became a really good director. Um, ended up directing for, um, for the Lifetime channel and stuff like that. Um, what? And as a Shy Town native, who are your top three MCs that came out of Shy Town? Stop! No, you can't ask me this question. I'm so bad. Because like, I know that's funny. <laughs> we, got, we got Yeezy, we got Common, we got Big Sean. Yo, you know, we that's got... not even fair. I met Common. I served him and I took care of him at Offshore. Hi, hi. Like I threw his parties. Like tight. he was dope. He was dope for sure. I don't know. Like you can't even ask me that. I'm so bad, yo. I'm so disconnected from like. <laughs> media i'm not even gonna lie <laughs> so you don't listen to hip-hop or what i do but not like that okay, like i've never been mainstream i think it's because of like my childhood i never really had the chance to grow up with that mm. interesting isn't that wild isn't that so wild like it's so interesting because there's so many movies too like i hate watching movies and everyone's like what the fuck what's wrong with you <laughs> right 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 oh man so that's really cool like but let me ask you this about let's talk about Yeezy real quick because he is from Chicago no I gotta ask because to be honest think about Chi-Town besides my besides MJ and the Bulls he's an ex on the you know um what's your thoughts on uh, Kanye's music I mean I'm not gonna lie like I definitely 
I don't know. I feel like I just kind of listen to the music that my friends put on yeah. that is him. I don't think I really, like, have ever literally typed in Kanye in my Spotify playlist to, like, listen to his music necessarily, unless there was, like, a banging song on, like, that I heard. But I'm more of, like, a very chill, alternative hip-hop. Like, Sir is one of my favorite artists. Um... God, who else do I listen to? I don't know. I've never really been like a big hip hop. I've been listening to a lot of Jay-Z recently. Um, listening to a lot of uh, J. Cole recently. Um, so not really like huge MCs from Chicago. Like I, I'm not even going to play. I don't think I even listen to Common a lot. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I have no worries. <laughs> you, you need to like, you need to study your own hometown. I have homework. Man. Yeah, what I have homework, man. Damn. I have homework. Oh, my friends are going to kill me. Well, Serena, <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, oh my goodness. Thanks. It's been so wonderful. Thanks for taking time. And um, let me hit you back when we get off the line, all right? I'm going to hit you back. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to re- just reconnecting, you know? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Happy podcast. You did it. Much, much love. Peace, peace. Thanks, y'all.